podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from a varying skill range. I'm your host and hardcore gamer, Andrew. With me, our experienced gamer who still can't figure it out, Keith. Hello. And my wife and resident noob, Liz. Hey. And today we are going over Keith's pick, which Keith, do you want to tell us what you did and why? Yeah, so I did, or I chose rather, Cameo, Elements of Power. Uh, It's honestly just something I always wanted to play, but I never gave myself a reason to actually sit down and do it. It's been out for about 14, almost 15 years now, I guess. And yeah, it's a game I've just always saw, but never played. So you've heard of it before and you just like never picked yeah. it up? Well, I mean, again, so I, I mentioned before, I used to work at Best Buy like way back when the Xbox 360 had just released. So I used to see a lot of the games that came in and out of there, and that was one that always looked interesting to me. I like a lot of fantasy games. I kind of, again, I'm a sucker for bright colors and all that, so throw me elements and fire beasts and stuff. Heck yeah, I'm in. Shiny objects. <laughs> throw elements and of power. And of power. <laughs> so yeah, so this game is from Rare Studios, which uh, is now currently a Microsoft studio. They're mostly famous for... Uh, at the current moment, Sea of Thieves. But back in the day, when uh, at their heyday, they were big. They were very famous for the Nintendo 64 games, such as uh, GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. So Rare is kind of a big uh, catalog. They have a nice, nice portfolio under their belt. So this game, I thought, I thought felt felt very much like a Rare game, which I think is a good thing. I love Rare games, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, you you. I actually, grew up with those. Yeah, those I used to play those. those. Yeah. So I guess starting off. Uh, the basic synopsis of this game, which I think is the first big like show of its age, is the story literally takes like 12 seconds long. Literally, when you start the game, they're like, oh, you're a family of elves. Uh, your family gets captured by orcs. Uh, you have the ability to change into animals, and you need to save your family. Go have fun. Like That literally is the story. It was like a 12-second cutscene. And it was just like, okay, like that's not much for a story. But I mean, it's I guess how much more do you need? So yeah, you basically just start off trying to fight your like save your family, but of course you fail, and then you lose all your elements, and so you got to go through the world and try to capture them all. And right off the bat, I thought this game felt very similar to Zelda: uh, Ocarina of Time. Did you get that at all? Mm, I mean, I guess if we're talking about like elemental temples, a fire temple, water temple, and all that, sure. But otherwise, well, you not have really that, but. You had a travel world, which you did in the Nintendo 64 Zelda Ocarina of Time, where you had a horse, and you went around, and then you went to specific elemental-themed areas, such as a water place, a forest place, a fireplace, and then that's where you would go to see a village, and you would have to find a temple, and that's how you got like progressed to the game, which was the exact same setup as Zelda. I think that was just the unoriginality of gaming at that point, is what that was. That's also very just, true. Just tell, tell a very easy story. <laughs> And their ability to, to travel or connect all these different places and actually keep it coherent, I think, was probably harder. So you had to have those different load screens to jump you from fire graphics to winter graphics and all that to, I don't know. But when you're in the main travel world, it had all of them. 
you would have like bits of snow and bits of forest and bits of lava. Yeah, to a certain degree, so I, I guess. But I guess the first question I got to ask you guys. So this game originally came out. What did you say? Two thousand five. Mm-hmm. So this game came out two thousand five. Do you think this game held up well? I do. Do you think playing this game now? Do you think it showed that it's it's age much? Liz is thinking very hard. I don't know. <laughs> I, I you can definitely tell it's an older game, which isn't bad. I think it held up pretty well. I mean, it does keep your attention. I the reason why. I don't know if it's because it's an older game. I haven't played a lot of older games, but I thought when you were talking about the beginning, I just immediately thought about how you're just kind of like thrust into it. Like you start off at the battle scene and they kind of like have like these little tutorial things that pop up. And I feel like games nowadays do not have that. You just like learn as you go and just hope for the best. Well, games nowadays are super handholdy. Like they're always just like, oh, this big green button, push this multiple times, jump three times so you know how to jump. <laughs> I think they're super handholdy. This game, which I think is kind of interesting what they did, they have like, yeah, they throw you right into combat, you go through a whole level, then they actually give you a tutorial. Because once you lose all your things, they go, okay, now we're going to teach you how to play the game. And it's like, I just went through the entire level. Well, as I say, that actually feels a lot more like modern day games in a lot of ways, because it's like, they'll give you, you know, some of the Need for Speed games. Here's the fastest car in all of the city. You have it. Oh, but you lost it. Now you have to earn it all back. So it, that kind of felt like maybe more of a modern thing to give you that initial fight and then take it away. But the difference is with that, that is a quick like 30 to a min- 30 seconds to a minute. With this game, it was a full level, which is like it took like five to ten minutes. Like it wasn't a quick thing. That's fair. It was it was a significant level. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting too because. I am not observant, and so like when I'm trying to figure something out, I usually just like smash buttons. And so I didn't realize like in the corner, uh, in the upper corner, it showed you um, which button you press to change your characters. I'm like, how the how the frick do you do this? <laughs> and I was like, so going around, and I wasn't switching my characters. And I looked up and I saw, it and I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> but I'm like, maybe I do need my handheld a little bit because I was like, but I eventually figured it out. Well, also, I didn't figure out how to open the map until maybe I had like an hour left of the game. I didn't really open the map. Yeah, if you click the left analog, it actually opens the map. And I was like, oh, this would have been helpful because sometimes the map appeared for me and sometimes it didn't. Do you know what? I accidentally did that at the beginning and I forgot all about it. (laughs) Right when you said you clicked the analog, I was like, wait, I remember that. Well, there are certain places that you can't open the map, but yeah, that that thing was my best friend for most of the game. Especially when you're like in the travel world and you're trying to get to like the different zones. Oh yeah, trying to find your way through the Badlands, which you mentioned this to me immediately. But if you want to talk about how this game held up, that Badlands zone was pretty remarkable for 2005. Do you have what hundreds of orcs and elves just fighting on this open battlefield? Which, yeah, tons of them. And like games today still have a hard time doing that sometimes. And it didn't get choppy. It didn't get laggy. It it actually was pretty smooth. Now, granted, everything was very much a copy-paste animation. They were just yeah, doing the same swipe yeah, there was back and no forth with each other. for the models. But at the same time, to put that a lot amount on there and not lose frame rate in 2005 was really impressive. Well, the first kind of fun fact I got for you, a little trivia fun fact. So this game apparently was in development for quite a while. Can you guess what console this game originally was supposed to come out on? I don't know I'm gonna, the order of consoles. <laughs> I'm going to go 
I'm going to say... Well, how many years do you think it took then? How long? In, how many years in production do you think this game... I'm going to go high because you may, I, cause I feel like that's what you're hinting at. I'm going to say three years. What? <laughs> that's not high at all. That's like a normal well, game. Well, wait, are you, a, are you asking for years right now or are you asking for the system? The console. I, 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 ask, I just... I, I'm more asking for the console. See, my, my initial thought, honestly, and I mean be way, way off on this, is Sega Genesis. Yeah, you're way off. Dang. <laughs> Well, think. Well, here's kind of a hint. What console was Rare like, in their heyday? Oh, N64. Nintendo 64. Yeah, this game was originally a Nintendo 64 game. It went through four console generations. It was supposed to be a Nintendo 64 game, then it went to GameCube, then it went to Xbox, and then it finally got released uh, as a launch console for the Xbox 360. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, this game took over 13 years to make. Yeah, I think that's kind of impressive that like they apparently had really like high expectations. Like, Well, I'm curious... I doubt they planned on having this amount of orcs and elves on the screen with the Nintendo uh, Nintendo 64. No. But I guess the game originally was supposed to be like a Pokemon-style type of game, where you actually collected these sprites of the elements and, and try to summon them that way. But yeah, this, this game was a long time in development, but I think it usually when games take this long and they end up being such a long delay and constantly being like redone, they come out terribly. I mean, case in point, last game we reviewed was Crackdown 3. That game took forever to come out, and it didn't come out well. But this one, I think, held up really well. And I think its big crowning achievement is this graphics. The character models weren't anything too good-looking. I thought the characters looked really weird, but everything else, I thought the environments were really good. I thought, like, the effects of the game were really good. I have a question. So, what was... Because uh, at the very beginning, the thing that threw me off the most was the camera angle. Like, yeah. adjusting the camera and stuff. Is that like an old game thing because I haven't experienced that in forever yeah it's, oh, it's, it's generally kind of an old game thing that was really hard to get used to because games like that I've, like I haven't experienced that yeah and that, that's probably my biggest complaint about this game is the cameras half, half the time is, is fighting with the camera I didn't think it was like the worst but there was a handful of moments especially in the water world where the camera was just the water world it, that was the most frustrating thing. I thought that was the most annoying way, like pointing down to to look down and then thrusting and then moving the other camera thing. It was just like, it was annoying. I could do it, but I was just like, just want it to be over. So you actually could change that just for what it's worth in the, in the options. I never did just oh. because I didn't want it to be stuck inverted forever. I just wanted my underwater to be inverted and for everything that is holy, I did not want to have to hit a button to move the whole time. Like, that just made the control of underwater a nightmare. Trying to line up shots, and you're trying to, you know, sink these submarines that are constantly moving. Ugh. It took me forever like it. to figure out that you had to press it to move. <laughs> I was like, why am I not moving? I was trying everything, and I gave up. But then, like, Andrew came home, and he was like, are you not hitting the thrust button? And I'm like, what do you mean? I have to hold a button to do that? Like, again, well, though, it was on the screen written. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm actually pretty surprised that you didn't get yelled at by the book. That ortho guy in the whatnot book, he is he is sassy. If you don't listen to him. He didn't give him, me the information I wanted, though. Oh, yeah. I feel well, like he was, yeah. Very vague. He'd be like, well, you might find some interest on the wall. Maybe. He gave his. He was mostly useful for bosses. For bosses, he was very much yeah. like get the shell and shove it in the boss's face. Like he would like straight up tell you how to fight the boss. But yeah, when it came to navigating or anything like that, he he didn't do a good job. I would of just hints. turn the volume down if he annoyed me. <laughs> if I didn't want to hear him, I'd be like, I know what I'm doing. Just turn it down. 
I feel like that's a uh, very common thing too with older games too. Every game always tries to include some sort of water world, and they're always the bane of your existence when it comes to a game. Like any game I can ever think of, whenever there was a water world, everyone it was always people's hands down like least favorite level, because it's just I don't know why everyone always tries to do a water level and it's always so obnoxious. And this game was like not any different from any of the others. I used to have to worry about air. Like I hate games where you yeah. have to keep going up for air. Like that was the only good thing about the water level. Yeah, uh, I mean. It looked nice, but actual gameplay of it was, yeah, pretty annoying. I also think with the character, I even struggled aiming with the um, with the water shooting out. Like, there was just something about that character. I could not move him properly. Every other, what are they called, sprites, I, yeah. it was, I was fine. But just the water guy, I thought that he was just, he handled so poorly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had the same issue with him. I, I There were certain instances where he was very useful, I suppose, but all in all... His control was just kind of weird. He was only useful for the water level, and that was kind of it. I didn't use him for the rest of the game. I didn't upgrade him at all, though, to be honest. Because like I was more focusing on my favorite characters. Because when you get like the the fruits, you can upgrade their abilities and stuff. So maybe with the upgrade abilities, he was better. But I didn't focus on him because I didn't like him. <laughs> I don't think they had any upgrades for better controls. <laughs> it was just, it was well, just to make him like more useful, like make it like give me something that like because I hated his shooting and stuff, so like that was out. He had ability where it's to kill people. Oh yeah, that whirlpool move was pretty cool. Yeah, he had an ability where he just drags someone underwater and kind of kill them. There was one sequence I took him through that I was climbing up a, a cliff, and he was just great for fighting because he was just easy knockoffs. So I did use him for that. So this game. I, the, this game I was kind of a little bit confused with as well. What age do you think this game was kind of aiming for? I kind of felt like it was for maybe like preteens. I was th- I was thinking that the entire time, like this is made for twelve year old boys. But it was. I also thought the game was a little gruesome. Like it, it, it seemed a little violent in some points. Well, like for the time, so. maybe not like I mean, for like current standards. Putting like you would get orcs and throw them on spikes. You get the orcs and throw them through a turbine. Uh, you see someone get eaten, devoured by dragons. The whirlpool death, like you see like the orc screaming as it's getting dragged underwater. Like, it was, I don't know, for me, some of the scenes are kind of like, yeah, this is a little well, like, the, graphic. So I'm pretty sure, I, and maybe you can check me on this, but I'm sure the, pretty sure the game is rated E for everyone. Because, yeah, there were some things that, maybe some gruesome deaths, but there was no blood, there was no... There was orc blood, and that would sometimes splash on your screen. Oh, yeah, there, actually, you're right. And that, and you'd have the little... Beetle, spider, but they smush. didn't look real. It wasn't like Tomb Raider, where you see like a woman get impaled through the skull. Well, that's because this game's obviously a little older. Like they no, couldn't make that's a character mean. look super like, realistic. I, I feel like compared to games now, like I, I feel like I'm more desensitized. So that oh, like, I mean now it's it's like tame. this, and like I can't see it as like as graphic. Now it is tame, but I mean I'm I'm more talking for its time. Well, like, so who would you think this was for? One thing that just didn't make sense to me, and I, I don't know, or that I that I found weird was, so you find these little sprites, and they're just these tiny little adorable things, just teehee, you know, <laughs> all all smooshy little and adorable, and then you absorb them, and all of a sudden they just become monsters, ugly and evil. <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy no, monsters. just just keep them how they were. They were great. <laughs> At least let me at least let me like switch back to like they follow me around as a little sprite. Until I decide to use them. Yeah, I think that's 
when they, I'm curious if they were designed like that from their original idea of it being like a Pokemon style game. Ah, that's a good them. point. Well, here's another question too, actually, and I don't. Do you think this was intentional that you could actually see her inside of the monsters? While oh, like, yeah. she was with them, so because I thought that was really kind of fun too. Like when you're going as Major Ruin and you can see her kind of crawling along inside of him as he does his his fun little walk. Which well, I yeah, just any, so any of them more. you turned into, you could see her in. Even the, the the dragon, you could see her in the water guy. Like you could actually see like the kind of outline of her, and she would do like a pose, kind of mimicking the monster. Yeah, that's why. I, so you're saying you think that was intentional? Oh yeah. Wait, you never answered your own question. I'm really curious what you were thinking because I don't think you liked my answer. <laughs> well, because the other point I have for, like, the age bracket is, like, the characters. Like, the character you play is wearing, like, the shortest skirt. Your evil twin, your evil sister has, like, severe cleavage. And it's just, like, so it's also kind of, like, sexualized. The posing for the character that you're playing is so like weird like it's a guy that's never been laid before that's trying to figure it out in his head or something like the poses were just like i i because like for me like i don't care like how a female character is dressed or anything like that but the poses and the swaying of the hips it was very like juvenile so like is this like a guy that's trying to figure out what like a 12 year old would think or is he just like i don't know it, it bothered me i was like it was it was uncomfortably like weirdly sexualized I think which brings me to another fun fact trivia I have for you Keith because unfortunately I told Liz this one how old do you think your character is good question so you Uh, gotta think too she is an elf okay if we're talking elves too I would say and maybe I'm far off in on this then I'm gonna say like 110 Uh, try minus 100 of that she's supposed to be 15 (laughs) Well, th- wow, that's your really bad is, math. That's your character is uh, that's true, but I mean, I mean, like to be closer, like you're off by over a hundred. I should say that well, you if you want to be elf. technical. But she, so, I know, I wanted to throw you off. <laughs> that's, that's some, well, is she an elf though? Because she is. She's adopted. That's the other thing. I couldn't tell if she was an elf or a fairy because elves don't have wings normally. I feel like that supports my theory of like the like the twelve year old boy range because if. They were going to, like, sexualize it for adults. They would do, like, 18 plus. That's why I'm like, I feel like it was targeted for that specific age. Possibly. But I almost but don't it's know if they were 15. trying to be overtly sexual. That was the weird part. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, it just felt like that was, again, I think that was sort of what they did at the time. It was like, look what we can do. We can create super realistic bodies, sort of, to the point that we over-realistic look them it was somebody's first crush (laughs) no i mean i i agree with that keith so this is a launch of a 360 game and when you think about any game so basically on the original xbox and nintendo 64 any like previous consoles any character models they had always had a stiff pose to them so maybe i think you do have a good point where they're trying to give more life to these characters and they would do these poses because even your character when you went to the snow level would actually like shake and like try to warm herself up by rubbing her arms and I think oh, yeah. that is kind of meant to be a show of the technology of, hey, this is what the console can do. Like, we can actually have, like, realistic poses. But, yeah, it did kind of come off as weird and sexual on some of them. Yeah. I didn't even really notice it until um, I stopped playing for a second to look something up on my phone. 
And when you, when you stop moving your character, that's when she does it. And I was like, whoa, like, like, did I just see that? Like, so for me, I didn't even notice until I, pa- I kind of like paused what I was doing. Is it just so like it a like, weird sway or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and that then she does this about? like looking behind her shoulder, like pouty thing while swaying her hips. <laughs> um, but it's not throughout the whole game though. It is when you stop. So it's not too bad. It's not like it's the whole game. <laughs> so you clearly haven't seen the post I put on Twitter then for us. Because I, no. I put a screenshot of the game, and, and I think it perfectly summarizes exactly what you're describing about her. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even mean to do it, and but now that you're saying it, I'm like, boy, that really summarizes this up. I'll, I'll look it up after. I feel like being <laughs> stupid. Oh, I'm really curious now. So overall, though, what did you guys think of the gameplay of the game? I thought it was great myself. Um, I, I really liked the way that they mostly incorporated all of the different characters that you used. There were some of them that you could basically just throw away after you had to get them or after you released them because they just put you through something. But all in all, I found myself trying things with different characters, trying to figure out which one would be the best for what it is. And it doesn't always hold your hand perfectly on which one you need to use either. So I liked I liked a lot of that, and I think they did a good job at the design of them the i think it's probably just because we're downloading it on game pass and it's connected to the rare replay or something but having all the skins available there were some really cool skins that they had which was something that i don't think people were really doing that much back then the graphics on the skins were really cool like some of them had awesome fur shading on them. some of them were creepy like the spider octopus yeah because they clearly had themes they had all of them had a christmas one i think the scary ones were a halloween theme Oh, gotcha. And then they had, like, a warrior theme, so a lot of them had armor on. But they did a good job with it because a lot of them had, like, cool, like, fur shading on them. A lot of them had, like, nice, like, kind of sunlight reflection on them. I thought the graphics were pretty impressive, especially for a launch 360 game. I thought they did a good job with that. Which So here's here's my question, then, about the skins. Is of all the characters, you can pick one character and one skin. What was your favorite? I personally didn't mess around with it too much. I looked, but I ended up just keeping the character the way it is, so I don't really remember them. Uh, that was, like, the first thing I did. I'm basic. <laughs> I thought Snare's snake skin was kind of cool, because he was a snake in a basket, and I thought it looked really cool with him. Uh, I actually don't know if I saw that one. My favorite was Thermite, where he had the globe on his back. That one I thought was pretty cool. I think... It was cool that they did a globe, but I don't think they did a good job with his actual character. Like, his character was just, like, he looked like he was covered in bronze, but it was cool that he was carrying a globe. Yeah, that that was my favorite one, for sure. But, yeah, I agree with uh, kind of your statements with the, the gameplay. I thought, overall, like, everything worked really well. There was a handful of yeah, characters that, once I was done with the area with them, I never played with. Like, Rubble. I never played with the water guy again, because you didn't have to dive anymore. Uh, I didn't play much with Pummelweed after he was your first one you got, and he was basically only used for fighting, but everyone basically had a way to kind of do pretty well at fighting, so it's just like, eh, I don't need this guy anymore. So yeah, there was a couple I felt like were kind of throwaways, but by the end of the game, I did like how you were kind of switching between everyone to kind of traverse the world or to fight bosses. I'd agree, and I some of them I just used to use them, so some of the, like, the throwaway ones, for instance. I did find the game a little bit glitchy during certain parts like all of a sudden it would i'd be like about to start like uh the, the scenes were like all there's like hundreds of trolls like one of those things yeah the travel world i immediately got to the travel world and it like i died for no reason i had like full health so i saw like that happen a lot 
So, and then I saw what happened with you where your horse was stuck on the thing. <laughs> yeah. I was going down a mountain and, like, the horse, like, was stuck in the ground. So I tried dismounting my horse and my character just instantly fell in lava and died. And it's just like, okay. So, Red Dead Redemption 2 with lava? That's what you're Basically. <laughs> but the lava would instantly kill you, though. But then I also, I didn't get very far in the game the first time I played it. And then it wouldn't let me switch characters or anything where I needed to. Like, it kind of frozen away i don't know how to describe it but i ended up just starting my game over because it just wouldn't work so i do think that for how long it's been out i was surprised at how glitchy it was well they're not like supporting it anymore i know but like they i feel like they would have worked out those kinks when it was still popular well here's another thing and i i could be wrong about this because i had at least one time where i lost my audio on the game and i just had to reboot it and it came right back i think it has something to do with the fact that it's doing the 360 play style, if that makes sense. Oh, your backwards Xbox, compatibility? Yeah, for backwards oh, compatibility, okay. your Xbox has to go into that 360 compatibility mode. So I feel like that probably screws with some of these games when you're trying to play them. And you might just, just that's possible. run into some hiccups. I just thought it was weird because I watched Andrew play it quite a bit. And it didn't really happen as much with him. I think it was just, like, my game. It did happen to me a couple times. When I was in the final area, I did one of the objectives, and it did the cutscene of, like, oh, it's blowing up, good job. And as soon as it stopped, my character went to the death animation. And it's just, I don't know what happened. Or for me, it wouldn't show me the cutscene, so I was like, where do I go? (laughs) Oh, actually, that's a good point. I do remember there was one, this one made me laugh, because it told me that my disc was dirty. Which <laughs> I don't have a disc, so I don't know how it could have been oh dirty. My gosh. But yeah, I so remember it, that in the 360 area. I hated getting that message. <laughs> oh, it terrified me. Oh, is it scratched now? It generally meant it was scratched and it was unreadable. Yeah, oh, the the nightmare days. I know. Now everything's digital. You don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> I also noticed too with the game that there was a lot of side quests which I didn't do. Like you could run into somebody who needed help and things like that. And I also loved that all the areas like added something unique and different. So I felt like while playing the game, not only did you get to switch between all these different characters, but you were constantly kind of surprised and there was new things to explore. Yeah. So I never got bored. Yeah, it always did kind of reward you to explore a little bit. I never cared to talk to anybody because I didn't think this game had much of a story at all. It did not have any lore to it at all. Like... It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to read these books or whatever and kind of figure out more of this backstory or anything like that. Or why do the elves and orcs hate each other? And I guess apparently rare solution to that is they originally wanted to come out with a six novel series for this game. They came out with a manga and they came out with, I think, just like a graphic novel for it. But like, um, I think they only came out with one of the books that the, the six that they wanted to come out with. Because, yeah, a lot of people complain that this game had no story, so they try to create a story by coming out with a book series. But I obviously don't think it took off very well because it only did one. But, yeah, I, I never felt like... I never wanted to talk to anyone because I didn't care what they were saying or what was going on. <laughs> so it was kind of hard to find the side quests. The only time I actually tried to do that was towards the end of the game. I, For whatever reason, I just happened to be in one of the towns longer than normal and I had all of the different characters at that point and I know there were some of them that you you would encounter along the way and you couldn't do because of the character set you had didn't have the right ability so I went back and completed some and all it does is really just gives you more of the fruits so you can upgrade your characters and everything so they're helpful but largely I don't think the game did a very good job calling attention to them at all it would it would just be like yeah someone might 
be in trouble somewhere if you don't mind helping them for me. And you might happen upon the thing that they needed, or you might not, unless you go looking for it. I actually got into a little bit of trouble with one of the, like, the, the side characters because he was blocking something, and I was like, oh, am I supposed to like fight him? Like I, I didn't know what I was doing, so I punched him, and he punched me back. So I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to fight this dude. I wasn't. They just like get sassy back when you're sassy to them, <laughs> which in, in most games, like if you if you hit like a side character, they're, they get offended and stuff, but they don't fight back, or they don't really... It's not really a big thing, but I was like... No, it affected my health bar. You I found the like, one character that didn't that wouldn't take it from you. <laughs> yeah, I am not and putting was, up with your crap today. <laughs> and that's why I like talking to some of them. And I love that a lot of the characters, even the book guy, but the side characters when you talk to them, a lot of them are really sassy and rude. That's not what I would expect help. from you to like the sassy characters. <laughs> well, I just thought it was funny because you're supposed to help them, and they're they're like super rude. They're like, "Leave me alone! My house is blocked by a boulder," and it's like. Well, if you're going to give me an attitude, I'm not going to help you. Like, <laughs> I have things that could prevent that from being an issue, but uh, keep it up, buddy. Just see how I feel about it. I do think it's kind of funny. I feel like this is kind of a uh, a staple of Rare, is that they always have like a sassy character. Because, yeah, the book is a sassy character, too. Like As soon as you get him at the beginning, he's just like insulting the mystic who's trying to help you. She's like, oh, let me try to locate things for you. And he's like, hurry up, ugly woman. Well, I think like, she was rude to him first. But he kind of insinuates that you're stupid. You yeah. can't figure something out. But that's that's literally like kind of in every rare game because in Banjo Kazooie, the bird that you have in the backpack is always super sassy to everyone. Like they always have like this sassy character that tries to like just get on everyone's nerves. So yeah, one of the things that I thought was funny, I don't know if you guys picked up on this at all, was the music score of the game. I know we talk about that a lot and all in all, I thought the music was pretty good to it. It just didn't make any sense. Overall, the music is what was praised most of this game. If you look at like a lot of the old reviews of it, the music and the graphics. I think it was very dramatic. It was. And sometimes when it shouldn't have been. I saw in the credits they had an orchestra that actually performed it all. So yeah, this is one of the first games that had an orchestra. That's why it was praised. So the music was very, very good. However, as I mentioned, some of the collection is a little bit weird. There was one part in particular where you free one of your ancestors and you have this very uncomfortable conversation talking about how you're adopted and nobody really knows your background or where you came from. Spoiler alert. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put that one in the show notes, but uh, yeah, you have this very uncomfortable conversation and I think maybe the best I can like kind of equate it to, because you brought up Zelda already is, was, is it the Kokiri village? It's just this happy, bright, like, pipe music in the background. And she's like, I don't know where I came from. Sorry, neither do we. Yikes. And the music's like... (laughs) I actually took a clip of it. I'll I'll put it on our Twitter account. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is the kind of music you want to hear when you found out you're adopted as a kid. (laughs) Future future parenting techniques there, right there. Whatever you're going to tell one of your kids that they're adopted, just play this nice pipe music. (laughs) Here. This inspired me when I played a video <laughs> game one time. This is for you. But no, I, I all in all, I, I absolutely agree, though. I think the music was really good. And for the most part, you know, when you're in a battle, it's dramatic. And, you know, when you're in a in an okay place, it's fine. But some of the background music wasn't always there. Yeah, like the music would kick in pretty well when you did these huge, like, hundreds of orcs around the battle and you're doing this fight scene. The other thing that I thought kind of 
took me out of the music is the sound effects because the sound effects were just so generic. Granted, it's I think because of its time, but yeah, everyone had the same yell, so it's just very generic. And then you just hear the generic explosion, and I felt like it would be like louder than the music. I turned down the music a lot. I just I was just kind of mad about it. I just didn't want to listen to it. Well, you brought up the sound effects. That's another one that actually, it was a thing that made me laugh in this game. There was by far my favorite enemy, the one that I like to call the pee-pee trolls. Um, I think they're in the, the, snow, the, the snow village, and they just always looked like they were doing the pee dance, like they, had, they were trying to hold and go in the bathroom. But anytime you attacked them, they had this weird, like, jaguar noise. They, it it just didn't oh, yeah. sound right. It, it, they were the only ones that had a different noise. I hated fighting them noise? because of, they were just a, a nuisance to fight. But they made me laugh every time I saw them and every time I fought them. But I do agree. They did look like they have to pee. I have a question about one of the um, one of the bad guy characters, side characters that could just like bump into you. The one that has like, it's like a bunch of balls on top of each other. It's towards the beginning of the game. What is, I've seen that in another game. Was it like Mario or like an old Mario or something? Are you talking about the, the, the rocks you break and then use them as a bridge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the, uh, what's the, what's the guy's name in Mario? They have a character name for it. But yeah, it's, it's the cactus plant in the desert. It's in Mario. And yeah, they, well, it's, it's they, like a cat head with, like, yeah, balls. I, I don't I can't remember the name. I saw that, too, and I was like, yeah. I've seen that before, but I couldn't figure it out. They moved just like how they did in uh, Mario. Because, granted, this game was supposed to come in Nintendo 64, so I wouldn't be surprised if that character was originally supposed to look like the character. Yeah, and it'd probably cool. just be, like, a, kind of like an ode to them in some way. Yeah, and it was just an ad set they just kind of kept in the game. But, yeah, that, it, that was a good call. I, I, I did think it looked a lot like Mario. Oh, Spike was his name, by the way. Oh, it was? Up. Yeah, just Spike. <laughs> Very generic name. So overall, I, I liked the game, and I, I didn't think the story did much, but I felt like they were trying to go with more with the story. And I felt like this game would have done like a really good job with a sequel. Like, I don't know, would you guys have liked the sequel? Absolutely. That was, I think, my first thought about it when I beat the game, because it, it ends very abruptly, and uh, again, I guess we can put in a spoiler alert here, but I'm pretty sure the Mystic was evil. I, I think that's what they, they actually, were getting they, at. Well, they did say it at the very end, where they're like, oh, the Mystic's playing both of us. Well, they hinted that at the beginning, when she was talking, when she first meets the Mystic um, in that like cave thing, the, the Mystic is like catching her speech. So I knew from the beginning that she was, like, she was playing both sides. They tell you at the beginning. And at the end, they officially do say that, yeah, she's trying, she's playing both of us. So they definitely opened it up for a sequel. I mean, I, I was just going to say, like, I, I liked playing the game. I enjoyed it. I don't think I would particularly care if there was a second one. I, I mean, it didn't grab my attention enough that I was like, oh, I want more of it. So I agree with you. Because the, the story wasn't really great, we, we admit. But the way they ended it, though, I... I just like dang i i don't know it, it felt like there could be more so i i went to the google machine as i do and and i searched cameo 2 and it turns out rare had all of the intentions to make a sequel to this game so there's actually a video on youtube i'm sure you can find it it's under rare under the rare replay videos where they talk a lot about it and 
I don't know how much older they were talking about, but they mentioned that, you know, Cameo's older now, and she's seen some stuff, I guess. Um, you're, you actually start to get into battle with the Mystic because she's generating an army to fight against you. They, and so they actually, if you want to go back a little bit to who this game maybe was for, they talked about the sequel that they wanted to make was actually much, much darker indicating to me I think they wanted to have a little bit of an older audience for this game or maybe they wanted to give it to their grown-up audience I don't know but it sounds like it's never going to happen I mean was it successful because I hadn't I hadn't heard about this game until Keith picked it I think it, it was the platinum well hits enough. yeah I think I think it did pretty well because it's a launch game and generally when a game's launch like you don't have much of a catalog to pick from when you buy the console so I think it sold enough copies that it could have maybe warranted a sequel because another launch game was Perfect Dark and that game got a sequel, unfortunately. That was another rare game. Um, unfortunately, I wish that game didn't get a sequel because the sequel for Perfect Dark was terrible. I, I would have much preferred a sequel to this game. Yeah, I I mean, after, after watching the video of them talking about it too because this isn't just one of those, hey, I, I made a YouTube video of some things I dug up on. Like, they actually made the video themselves and so them talking about all the things that they wanted the game to be i thought it could have been a pretty good sequel yeah i think i think it would have been interesting to see what they did with what they would have done for a sequel because i liked all the characters they created i thought like all the sp- um different sprites you could turn into were unique enough and i thought they had a nice design to them and like a nice model to them i think it would have been cool like to see what they would have done for a sequel because I also was impressed, too, for this kind of game. They actually have a multiplayer in it as well, which me and you played a little bit with, Keith. I didn't think this game was anything particularly hard, and I thought just having co-op to it... I mean, I like any game that adds co-op, even if it's a game that doesn't seem like it should have one. Co-op, to me, is always something that's just... It's just nice to have. It's an option. And I, I think this game did a good job with it. Yeah, and the way they incorporate it, too, they incentivize it, so they actually have a subset of achievements that you can get for completing different missions with your friends or completing them on co-op, I guess, which I think at this point is going to have to be with your friends. Um, but it so still yeah, works if, though. If you're looking to get them there, they're, they're kind of, those are some kind of easy achievements that you can pick off in this game. Yeah. I mean, overall the achievements for this game, I don't think were terribly hard. I thought it was really weird when you actually look at the achievement list. So they have a good, like 40 plus achievements. And a good half of them give zero gamer score. They're just achievements to give you to say that you got it, but they don't give you any gamer score. The only ones that kind of give you gamer score, you get a good like over 500 just basically playing the game. But then there's a handful to redo levels on score attack and try to get a high score, which is kind of nice. Then they have yeah beating the levels on co-op. But yeah, then they have a bunch of achievements for beating the game on hard, but they give you zero gamer score. So it's there's not much incentive to actually kind of go for those. Oh, is but, that what those are? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this game maybe took like 10 hours, so I think if you're looking to pad your gamer score, I think it's a pretty decent game to do for achievement hunting. Yeah, I think you get probably just four, 500 at least just beating the game because the three ancestors you unlock each give you 100, and then it's like 20 for every of the, the sprites, which is like 10. So it's got a pretty easy, easy 500 gamer score, which I think is actually and you can probably back me up or call me wrong on this, but that's very much an old school 360 thing. Like they hadn't really refined what achievements could be in terms of, you know, do this crazy thing in this amount of time or whatever. Like they just said, Hey, beat the game and we'll pretty much 
give you all the stuff. If, yeah, because or at least just try to embrace all the started achievements. Yeah, but I think that when they first came out, the the first and me well, not the first and only, but the first game I ever fully beat all the achievements on was an old 360, the Need for Speed game, uh, Most Wanted, because all it needed to do was just beat the game, and you got a thousand score on it. And I think a lot of the older games had that. Versus now, it's you know again they they put in all these crazy you know challenges basically into the game, which is cool. It's just they weren't as original with the achievements back then. Yeah, my first thousand was uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, because that what all you had to do was just beat the game, and it was a pretty easy game. You could beat the game in under like five hours. And when I saw oh, that it was an easy thousand, I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna do this." I might have to pick that one up. It actually was a pretty good game. Was it? Yeah, it actually wasn't that bad. So currently, this game on Metacritic it has a seventy-nine. So what do you guys think, Keith? I guess we'll start with you, seeing this was your choice. What do you think you would have given this game? So it is hard in some ways just because there were so many times that I was cursing this game up and down. But then I had to step back and go, okay, it's 15 years old. There's a lot of things they hadn't figured out yet. Um, So honestly, I I think I'm on board with that. I'd, I'd probably just round it out, give it the old 80 out of 100. But I'm I'm on board with that. I was really torn between seventy and seventy-five because I enjoyed it, but I you know nothing to write home about for me. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go like seven seventy-three. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would probably go like seventy-five with this. I I really like the game. I think the game is really good. I remember I actually played this originally on my three sixty. And I remember I had a lot of fun with it. And yeah, playing it again, it's like, okay, I remember like why I like this game. It definitely has its issues. I think its story was kind of weak. But overall, I thought this game was very pretty. Granted, with today's standards, it's, it's not as good. But... I like that. The game was pretty. I mean, it is. <laughs> I'll give it it's the not, score. <laughs> it's not fantastic looking because like, the, the character models I thought were terrible. Well, the actual like elves were terrible. But the creatures I thought looked good. The sprites looked good. The environments looked good. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty game. But, uh, and I thought its music was great, but I, I didn't think, like, the gameplay, I thought fighting was hit or miss. Sometimes fighting the bunch of orcs was a lot of fun, then other times it was kind of a hassle, and I felt like I was getting hit by things I couldn't see, and I, most of the time I thought the hardest fights were just fighting with the camera. So yeah. for me, I, I, think, I think 75, I'd probably give this game. But I think for its age, though, it, it holds up pretty well. And that's that's why I would definitely stick with that 80 range where I might have gone to a 75 over some of the things that irked me about the game the fact that it held up the way that it did that they did some things that well really small you know like we talked about the amount of orcs they were putting on a screen or the amount of you know character models they had on a screen they did a lot of impressive things that I I really think the 80 that's why I stick with my 80 at least but I don't don't disagree with your 75 you don't see that amount of characters on a game, even with like a game that's meant to be like that, like Dynasty Warriors. You still only see maybe like fifty or so enemies on the screen. So I think it's impressive that for the time of this game, it, it was really cool of how many people they put on the screen. So currently in the Microsoft Store, this game is running for retail price of ten dollars. Would you recommend this price for a friend who doesn't have Game Pass? No, only because I just don't. I don't think I would encourage anyone to buy a game this old. But I, but if they're on Game Pass, 
often, yes. It's well, it's worth five to six hours of it. But I just I, I don't know that the game is as much as I really truly liked it. And as I said, I, I stick by a high score on it. I I just don't think it's worth buying. Period. Well, let me throw a different thing at you then, because this game is also on Rare Replay. Which Rare Replay, if it's not on sale, is twenty bucks. Would you at least recommend Rare Replay? And like get a whole bunch uh, give me, of other Give me a quick rundown if you know if you know some titles off the top of your head because I'm on board with that. Well, for recent, I guess, well, they have a bunch because they have some that are from like Atari. But uh, the most yeah. recent ones are like Gold, uh, not Golden, uh, Perfect Dark, Perfect Dark Zero, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, Cameo, um, Jump Force Gemini, which was a game from the Nintendo 64. Um... Okay. Yeah, I mean, Blast Core. Get... That was another classic Nintendo. Is it is game. it a one time buy of twenty dollars too? Yes, if you bought the Rare oh. Replay. Then yeah, I would let let's go with that, and I'll say, sure, I I would recommend that. But then again, maybe I'd also want to play some of those other titles on the Rare Replay, to fully give my opinion. But otherwise, no, I would only say if if it's something that you kind of like this style of games and you want some easy score and a game you can maybe beat in a day. Yeah, it's it's worth it. It's worth a download. <laughs> I think that, I mean, just thinking that it took like 13 years to make, I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd give it 10 bucks. Because it takes me a lot longer to play games than you guys, too. So it's not just like a 10-hour game for someone like me. So $10, I definitely think so. And Rare, um, what's it called? Rare Replay. Yeah, Rare Replay. I definitely think Rare Replay is worth it. Because when it comes to Perfect Dark... I love that game so much because it reminds me of GoldenEye, which I played all the time with my siblings. And so I love playing that game against... Andrew's too good to play against me. It's not fun for him. But like when I play it with my sister, I love that game. So much nostalgia. So, I mean, I think that game alone, just for the fun value, is worth the 20 bucks. So you're going to add in all those other games? Heck yeah. See, I would say yes to both of those. So... If you do have a friend who kind of likes this kind of style of game, because to me, like I said, I felt like this game was kind of very reminiscent of Zelda and the Ocarina of Time. So for 10 bucks, I think this game, it definitely is fun. I, I know I can see where it's not for everyone, because this obviously does, this game does kind of show its age a little bit, but I still think it holds up pretty well. So if you have a friend who's kind of looking for a nostalgic kind of classic game, I think this is a good game. And Rare Replay, I mean, I actually bought that day one, so I, of course, am saying Rare Replay is worth it because there's some great games on Rare Replay, including this one. So I would say yes to both, either 10 bucks for this game alone or 20 bucks just for the Rare Replay because those are some fantastic games. I like that Keith gave it the highest score but, but was like the cheapest. Yeah, but wouldn't give it any money. He's like, <laughs> Don't I wouldn't buy this game. Buy it at all. Don't it's give them 80, your money. But... <laughs> that was kind of ironic. Alright, so that's just about to do it for us. Uh, I just want to keep, I want to give a quick shout out because I tend to keep forgetting to do this every week. I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Max who made our amazing intro and outro song. And then also to our good friend Chaz at Real Movie Talk Podcast who created our amazing picture. I recommend their podcast if you guys are into movies. If you look into them, I recommend their Nicolas Cage episode. That episode's hilarious. Uh, One of the hosts is also your brother. Yeah, but I'm more like hey. Chaz. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. 
I also want to give a nice shout out to a lot of our fans. Uh, we've noticed that we've had a couple of listeners in the UK. And we just want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to us ramble to each other and kind of kind of figure out this podcast. Yeah, it's kind of cool knowing that we have uh, some international people. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it if you liked and subscribed to us. If you made a nice comment or nice review on iTunes, it's a great way for us to kind of get more exposure. It'd also be great, too, if you maybe have a friend who would maybe be interested in this podcast. So you can follow us at Twitter at GPGBpod. Uh, we also are on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag. Or you can send us an email. Tell us what you like, what we are doing wrong, something we can improve upon. You can email us at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox at Firebird01844, where I also stream on Mixer with the same username. And I have been your co-host, or one of, Keith, uh, the experienced gamer who can't figure it out. I also am on Xbox, of course, Gamertag Lil Fluffy, and also streaming on Mixer under the same name. Come watch. And I'm Liz the Noob, Gamertag Come On, I'm Dean. I don't stream, but these guys are really good. You should watch. And next week is my pick. How yep. exciting, guys. So what are, you, what are you picking for us? I was really torn. I actually decided like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest because, I mean, I was torn. So I am going to pick um, Graveyard Keeper, Ooh. which I've seen Andrew nice. play. And it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Tweet us if you've played it before. It's been on there for a little while, but... Yeah, so we'll try to see if we can get some stuff on our Twitter, see some of our streams. All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye Did you say hello?